Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting, broadcasting, broadcasting to the world, broadcasting to the world, to the world, to the world, spreading the news and information. BlakeRadio.com, music for your mind, body, and soul. Talk radio at its best. You're listening to Rainbow Soul from BlakeRadio.com.
Greetings and welcome to Topically Yours on the Blake Radio Network, Rainbow Soul. I'm your host, Georgia Schuler, and today's show is going to be focused on legendary artist Gloria Lynn. The, bless, the guests I have on this show have come to discuss their knowledge and relationship with the legendary Miss Lynn. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with Miss Lynn, she passed away in October of 2013, but left behind a volume of superior music. Her music was eclectic, with the musical diva having delved into the genres of pop, ballads, jazz, rhythm, and blues. Gloria Lynn began her career at 15 when she won first prize at the Amateur Night at the Apollo Theater. Miss Lynn studied music for five years but got her greatest training playing with the jazz masters of her time. She recorded with the Enchanters, the Deltones, and the Dorsey Sisters and eventually signed with Everest Records as well as Fontana, the Fontana label. During her career, Gloria Lynn recorded several hits, including June Night, Love I Found You, I Wish You Love, which I just played. That's her signature song. And she toured with the likes of Ray Charles, Billy Eckstein, Ella Fitzgerald, and performed with such denizens as Quincy Jones, Bobby Timmons, Billy Joe Jones, and Harry Sweet Edison, as well as many others. Gloria was married 13 years and had a son, Richard T.J. Allen, also a musician who passed a year after Gloria's death. Well, um, I've only covered a small part of Gloria Lynn's life in my description. However, the five guests who I have invited today can talk about their personal experiences and work relationship with Gloria. Gloria had her highs and lows, her rewards and disappointments as she went about the business of living. She lived for the music, and as my guest can attest, uh, so let me briefly introduce each of my guests. Today I have two women and three men, so ladies first. Uh, Gloria Lynn's lyricist, Anne Rubino, earned the title Miss Nightclub of New Jersey as a result of her singing with a jazz sextet. Her penchant for writing poetry found its way to singer-composer and arranger Jimmy Sabini, with whom Anne began a songwriting collaboration. And shortly after meeting Gloria Lynn, the two also began collaborating with them, co-writing three songs, Lend Me Yesterday, Love is Blind, and Come Get Your Share. And that later was on the album A Time for Love, which was nominated for a Grammy. And also, uh, Anne wrote... I shall live with Jimmy Sabini, which was played at Gloria's funeral. My other guest, Sandra Y. Johnson, loved the music of Gloria Lynn and sought to sample it. It took over a year for her to fulfill her goal. Sandra is a native Washingtonian who has made music her life, and she's fulfilled this via the genres of jazz, blues, and R&B, and the golden oldies. She has appeared in clubs, jazz festivals, and outdoor concerts, and has released her own music on CD entitled Stepping Out and What Are You Doing for the Rest of Your Life. My guest, John DiMartino, is a jazz pianist who is also a producer and arranger, and he was recorded with such luminaries as David Fathead Newman, Houston Person, and Taj Mahal. He has accompanied John Hendricks, 
Billy Eckstein and Janice Siegel, and he has worked on recordings with Gloria Lynn, Grady Tate, as well as on CDs with Freddie Cole, Bobby Sanabria, and the late, great Ray Barreto. And let me go on to introduce Nat Adley Jr., who is a music arranger and pianist in the genres of pop and R&B, and he is well known for his work with Luther Vandross. Nat was no stranger to music early on, having come from a family of musicians, his father, Nat Adderley, and his uncle, Cannonball Adderley. And the first song was recorded by Cannonball on his 1967 album, Why Am I Treated So Bad? Nat attended LaGuardia High School of Music and Art and Performing Arts, later attending Yale University. And having returned to his jazz roots, Nat gives credit to artists such as Chick Corey, John Coltrane, Thelonious Monk, Kenny Barron, Herbie Man- Hancock, and Cedar Walton for having a positive effect on his him as a pianist. And lastly, my guest Jimmy Sabini has played the piano, arranged, composed, and sung for years. He has performed with the likes of Gloria Lynn, George Benson, Connie Francis, Frankie Valley, and Jimmy Smith. And these days, Jimmy is a one-man show using the latest technology and MIDI keyboards and rhythm equipment. Jimmy is eclectic in his musical preferences, playing the music of Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett, Ray Charles, and Barry White, as well as the sounds of disco, rock, and Latin music. Having said all of that, I'm going to open the floor to my guests. So welcome, everyone. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you. Hello. Hi, hello, hello to all. Hello to all. Well, two of my guests are, are going to have to leave early, so I'll, I'll talk with them first. Uh, uh, well, let's start with you, Nat. Why don't you uh, tell me why you agreed to come on the show to pay tribute to Gloria Lynn? What's your experience with her? Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, oh, the memories are still just fresh. I don't know how we... Uh, lost touch with, well, I do know. Uh, uh, we did the record No Detour Ahead back in, what was it, 92, uh, 91, I guess. Uh, and we just uh, all fell in love. My my, uh, my, my then fiance and myself and, and Gloria, we just hung out. We did two or three trips to our apartment in Riverdale uh, to work on the music and uh Oh, just we just we just had a ball. It's just that right after that, uh, I did get married and had a had another kid, and then I had another one moved to Jersey. And uh, I guess life got so busy with because uh, I had two older kids already. So, so we actually uh, uh, I didn't speak with her for after the record was done, and, and after we moved to New Jersey, I didn't even know when she moved to New Jersey. But I must say we had such a ball. Uh, just the connection, uh, the, the the artistic uh, agreement we we had while while doing that record. Uh, uh, we just we just all had a ball. I I, I, I miss her, uh, and I did not want to miss this opportunity to um to come on and, and tell uh, whoever's listening how much I loved her. Uh, and. Uh, let me see. And and the record actually, I did not realize until kind of recently, uh, four years ago, that that record actually uh was way more successful than I knew. I guess I only kind of found out because uh 
because Gloria's drummer, Vincent Hector, is a neighbor of mine, mm-hmm. and we started working together. And he's and he said, "Oh, Nat, we played, we we did all the songs from that record. We went all around the world and and played that. Uh, we we really uh, uh, lived off of that. Re- I mean, we we performed everything, and, and it was very important in our in our show for the last uh, uh, few years. So I just I just really didn't know. I was really glad to hear that, and uh, just so sorry she's gone. I didn't get a chance to uh, get back with her. Never got a chance to do something else. But um." But uh, that's the record. No teacher ahead. Uh, and uh, is is Joe Fields? I, I'm just I don't know what I'm thinking of. Joe Fields, who did hire me to uh, that she was with Muse Records at the time. Um, uh, I just wanted to ask about him or something or the record company. Have y'all have y'all been in contact or or anything like that? Uh, can I answer You're that? asking the other guest? I'm asking yeah, everybody, ahead. I guess. Where Where is Joe? Uh, well, you, first of all, hi, Nat. This is Ann Rubino calling, uh, speaking, and uh, I want to tell you, it was a pleasure to be at that session and to watch you perform with Gloria. It was an amazing uh, memory, and she treasured those memories, even though you weren't able to speak to each other for a long period of time. She right. She loved you and respected you so much. I think that, I don't know, Muse Records, I believe they went out of business, so I don't know what happened to, you know, to Joe Fields. I know his sons were running the business, but, uh, you know, Sandra might have some information on that. Sandra, do you have anything on Joe Fields? Because you had to contact them to get permission to do uh, Lemme Yesterday and Love is Blind. Uh, do you know anything uh, about Yes, yeah, uh, we recorded uh, those two two numbers that Gloria uh, wrote, Gloria and myself. And uh, I, did you have any contact with Joe Fields, uh, Sandra? Uh, that was in 2003 when I was initially trying to find, um, uh, get the permission to um, record Lend Me Yesterday. And I think it was no longer Muse, but the name had changed to High Note, I believe. And that was my, um, and then when I was doing research, um, on Gloria Lynn, I called to see if they had any video, uh, but that, um, that's the last um, I spoke with anybody from from that company. But I think it's High Note. Oh, okay. Oh, I really am uh, <laughs> out of touch. <laughs> uh, and, well, I just was wondering about him because he was so supportive uh, of her and of the project at the time, and 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 he he loved it at the time. I was just wondering. Well, was, but, that, um, was that song Don't Explain? Is that what you wrote? Yeah, Don't Explain is from the album No Detour Ahead. Well, I'm sorry, I missed it. Was, it was fuzzy. Uh, I missed the first half of what you said just now. But now, now you're coming. Okay, the, uh, the music that one of the songs you worked on with Gloria on that album was Don't Explain. That's right. Oh, my favorite. Yes. That's his favorite. Huh? Oh, well, you yeah. Know what? I'm going to play that right now. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, it's a little I, I long, but hang in there. Uh, <laughs> okay. Here we go. Don't explain.
Explain. 
song. But I want to oh, give Jimmy God. Savini a chance because he's about to leave us. So, Jimmy, right. uh, tell us about your experience with uh, Gloria. Yeah, so first of all, I'm in a trance still listening to that song. <laughs> but uh, let me just explain it. I'm honored to be on this show with such great as Nat, Adderley Jr., John DiMartino, and, of course, my dear friend, Anne. Uh, my experiences with uh, Gloria is uh, she came over to my studio several times, and we she acted like she was just somebody else just walking. She was no big star, but she was. And she would come in my studio, and we'd play and rehearse and arrange stuff for her and um, record. And sometimes she would come to clubs where I'm playing and go drive these crowds crazy with her songs. But Gloria had a voice that came from heaven. And in God's way, mm-hmm. that voice is right back in heaven right now. And the things that I can say about Gloria is not only that she had the most beautiful voice of an angel, but she was an angel. She treated people as the way people should be treated. Gloria, Gloria never knew any color. <laughs> not, all she knew was good, bad, and the love of God. And she knew people that loved God, and she treated people so good. I just had so much respect, and I missed that woman so much. For just not only for the voice that she had, but for the type of human being that she was, and what she did when she was on this earth. And all I can say is, God bless Gloria. Well, what did you find unique had, about her her vocal range? That she had just a tremendous vocal range, not just the range; it's the soulfulness and what she put into a voice, into a song. When she sang a song, I always say, to judge a, a singer, you got to get goosebumps. <laughs> you know what I mean? You get, when you get goosebumps on your arms, you know that singer got to you. <laughs> Gloria made a song hers. I don't care who sung the song. When she sang it, it became hers. It was what she put into the song from her soul, her heart, that was so unique. Uh, I don't think there'll ever be another Gloria man. And I, I'm just so honored that I had a chance to be around her. And, uh, and like, I met Nat uh, and Nat Adley in, in um, I was in the Blue Note in New York, and that was with Joe Fields. And uh, and that was with Gloria when uh, they wanted uh, Nat to, uh, you know, do produce an album. And it was for me to sit at that table with a guy like Nat Adley Jr. was remarkable. And she made it happen. She didn't care who was the little guy or the big guy. She just felt that she had talent. She was going to try and help you. Yeah, she was just a great human being. And that, I, I, again, I'll say, what a pleasure to meet you. you know, oh, that, that was one of the big pleasures in my life. <laughs> oh, mutual, man. Thank you, man. And, and what, you just, what you just said, I mean, I, I was just thinking, first of all, I haven't heard that. I, I'm I'm one to uh, do, once I finish something, I never hear it. I have not heard uh, that track in so many years. So right. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed what happened before. Though. I wish you loved too. I mean, what I'm having a ball already. <laughs> Driving down the highway. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm glad. But, the music uh, is beautiful, I must say. Oh, oh. Fantastic. But I, 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 was, I was thinking of because her voice is so unique, Gloria's voice was so unique, and I feel like, well, the person that Jimmy just uh, described, uh, mm-hmm. that is the 
voice I hear too. I mean, I was. How do I exactly, say? Exactly, man. She sounds. Exactly. She sounds to me like. I mean, she if she was trained, and she was technically uh, very proficient and, and and all that, but she just sounds to me like like the like somebody that lives lives down the block. Right. You know, they have the most tremendous voice you ever heard. You know, who are you? How do you, you know, uh, she has some quality that doesn't sound like a professional, like a, a, a singer, singer. Just the best regular person that you that you've ever heard. I mean, she comes up like this, so it's just so organic, so so real, and honest. The emotion. I mean, that's just what I think about. That's the connection. I think. I know, cause my, cause my father loved the Clark Kent. So, I mean, when I first, uh, when I first called my parents and and, and them uh, that I was getting ready to work with her, they both just freaked out. <laughs> they both were already in, in love with her. So, um, and I think that's it. I was just trying to figure out, and I think, uh, I mean, I could be that could be weird. I, I think I Jimmy co-signing what I'm saying, but that's the way I feel about her. I mean, just uh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, here's, here's another thing I want to say that, that show you the uniqueness of what, what he just said about what a regular person. Gloria used to love to come by my house and eat Italian food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at the table, and she would make sure she at that table. And, and we'd eat together like, like, and I always felt like, does she know I'm not as big as her? <laughs> it didn't matter to her. <laughs> it just didn't matter was, to her. No, you're right. No, well, she, she was very she humble. No. Don't you think she was, she was humble? It was like she didn't even realize that she was as big as she was. Absolutely. I think that was the greatest trait. No. You you know, I uh, also think that she experienced a lot of disappointment in the business, and that might have also played into her thinking. She did, but she uh, also had the pleasure of working with monsters like uh, Nat. You know, again, like I said, it was to have to be on the show with Nat and, and John, John D. Martino is, is just an outrageous uh, musician. And Anne Rubino yeah. is such a great lyricist. Not only the lyricist, she was so close to Gloria, and she did so much for and with Gloria. And I can I commend Anne for being the person that she is, too, because she, she really brought out a lot with that. When Gloria's going through hard times, Anne was always there for her. Yes, indeed. Well, Jimmy, you have. Uh, are you going to hang with us for a little while longer, or are you going to leave? I'm going to walk inside. It's start about five minutes later. I'm, I'm going to walk inside right now. Uh, stick with you until they still tell me I, I have to start. All right. But I'm ready. Right okay, here with that sounds show. good to me. And again, thank you for for uh, for this. It's just been a pleasure. It's not always being on the show to talk about such a wonderful, wonderful uh, entertainer and human being. Well, you know, I understand there was a time that Gloria was disappointed with the business, and she singing for a while. I, I, I interviewed Ruth Brown, who told me she drove a bus for a while because she got disenchanted. And did you guys know that she went out to California and was working as a secretary under another name? Yes. I did, I did know that. I didn't know it was under another name, but, yeah, I did. I, now, now I'm remembering that story, yes, Uh Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, they gave me five more minutes. <laughs> uh, uh, how, how long did that last? Uh, how long did that do you? 
First of all, can I say I, something? Because I, every one of these people, I, I was with Gloria when she was involved with each and every guest that's on this show. And I want them all to know how much she loved and appreciated every one of them. She looked up to every one of them. And I hope that they know in their hearts that she loved them very much. Absolutely. Well, you were one of the ones that was instrumental, in in getting her into the History Makers. Tell me about what that organization does. Well, in order to, you have to qualify, you have to really do something that nobody else has done. Something, you have to make a contribution, a, something unique. And Gloria was the only one, or the first one, I should say, that was able to break the R&B charts, the pop charts, and the jazz charts with I Wish You Love. So she was a pioneer. And Definitely. Uh, yeah. All of her other accomplishments on top of that, it just gratified her. And it was a wonderful thing because when she received that award, she was so excited. And truly, she deserved Everything, every award she ever got, she worked so hard for. And I'm so glad that I was there to witness her receiving those accolades because she certainly deserved them. Well, let's name some of those awards. I know she got the the New York City proclaimed uh, the July 25th in 1995 as the Gloria Lynn Day. And she received the International Women of Jazz Award. And she was also honored with the Pioneer Award by the Rhythm and Blues Foundation. And I believe other awards were she was included or recognized in the national as a national treasure award or as part of the National Treasure Award from the uh, Season Citizens Theater Company and also inducted into the National Black Sports and Entertainment Hall of Fame as a living uh, and got the Living Legend Award from the state of Pennsylvania. And also, I think Washington, D.C. gave her a, a, a Gloria Lynn Day, and maybe Pennsylvania. I'm not sure about that. Yes, she also Pen- got the, uh, hmm? State of Pennsylvania in 207. Yes, she did. Living Legend Award and uh, State of Pennsylvania 207. And then 208, the History Makers, and also the Mac Awards. Right, the Outstanding Achievement in Jazz at the New York Mac Awards she got. And also the Schomburg also gave her uh, an award uh, in part of the uh, Great Women in Music. So we're glad she got those accolades because she certainly did uh, deserve them. Now the music business has changed a lot, uh, but in Gloria's time, a lot of her music, uh, did she even get paid for some of her music? That's a good question. <laughs> can answer that. No, a lot of it she did not. She was a victim of unpaid royalties, and uh, she suffered greatly financially because a lot of people just took advantage of her, and uh, that was very, very difficult for her. So she tr- I can she imagine. Tried- yes, she tried to maintain her dignity and continue never, never quitting, never giving up, and still produce the most incredible music and uh, just keep 
keep it going in spite of all the adversity. She was quite amazing. Well, do you think that sometimes adversity is what puts the poignancy in one's music, the passion and, and compassion? Sometimes I think it does. Sometimes I think the pain becomes the gain because your soul, sometimes it sweetens your soul because you really can experience so many different things on an emotional and spiritual level. And she did that. She channeled all of that through her music. And every that's why when you listen to Gloria Lynn, the hairs on, on Stand Up, she wasn't just talking or singing. She was living it. She actually lived uh, what she was singing. And you know what, Anne? Well, that's a... Go ahead. When we recorded uh, I Shall Live, yeah, she wasn't right. feeling good. She was already not feeling that good at all. I mean, hard, finding it hard to stand. And she still sang her heart out. And in, in our recording session, when we recorded the I Shall Live, uh, that we, again, made the hair stand up on your arms. And as sick as she was, she still had that feeling. Everything was her music. And so it was very pretty. did help her. Well, you know what? I'm going to play I Shall Live so the audience can hear, hear uh, her. That's the one we wrote, Anne. Yes. It's a little long, folks, but here it goes. I want to play it all because it, it shows the deep love and compassion that Gloria put in her music. And it's and I Shall Live written by Anne. Indeed. It was played at her funeral. Um, it was a collaboration with you, uh, Jimmy, and Rubino, and Gloria Lane. And here we go. Yeah, that was the last thing she recorded, too. Oh, really? Okay, well then it's definitely worth hearing.
So it's an amazing story. It was an amazing memory. And Jimmy Savini, and, I want to... And in, and in lyrics, you put the superb. When you talk about nailing something, those lyrics were incredible. They didn't come from me. They were divinely inspired. I'm uh, they sure. came th- They came through me, but they did not come from me. So I have to thank my Lord and Savior for the allowing that. I felt privileged. And I'm sure the music, Jimmy, the music that you did for this, I know it didn't come from you. It came through you, too, because it's it's evident. It always comes from there. It always comes from there. Well, now we have uh, two other guests that have been pretty silent, so I want to talk to John DiMartino. I have about 200 people waiting, so I'm just going to start playing about 10 minutes late. I want to thank you all again for having me on the show. And to ben, and I hope, can John hear me? I just want to tell him, man, what a what a musician you are. I I love him. As a dyna, you've got all great guests on your show. These are dynamite people, and it's my pleasure. And I'm honored to be with John and Matt and Ann on this show. And God bless you all. And thank, thank you. you for having me on the show. Don't forget to thank John, you for joining us. Sandra right, Johnson. Thank you so much. You too. There's Sandra. Hi. I'm uh, here. You did some sampling of of uh, Gloria's music. Tell me about that. Uh, yes. Um, I guess it was uh, 2000, maybe 2002. I uh, was listening to our radio station here, WPFW, and I heard uh, the song "Lend Me Yesterday" by Gloria. And so I started, I, I added that to my, because I was thinking of the CD that I was going to do, and I just jotted that song down. And uh, I started to look for it uh, so that I could really hear it, and uh, it took me about a year. Maybe I didn't know how to search it out, or, but anyway, I finally found a, a record store in New York that had it, and uh, because I called other places that said it was out of print. So, but anyway, I finally found it and began to work on it. And my um, vocal vocal coach at the time uh, was at UDC. His name was Calvin Jones, and he did his own, uh, you know, bit of an arrangement on it. And then I was trying to find uh, get permission to use the song to record it. And uh, so it took me a while uh, to find it. I ended up calling High Note. I took the paper out from the uh, CD. And I called that number, and uh, I think it was uh, Joe Fields, and he asked me to write him the letter, and he would make sure that Gloria got it uh, to say, you know, whether I could use it or not. And so on Thanksgiving Day, I'll never forget, of 2003, my phone rang, and my family was all here for dinner, and um, and I said hello, and uh, she asked, you know, may I speak with Sandra Johnson? I said, this is she, and she said, this is Gloria Lynn, and I just lost it. I uh, I did. I just hollered. I mean, and I talk about people who do that, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, I was just thrilled and just so um, honored that she picked up the phone to call me on her birthday. You know, well, her birthday was right around there, too, and but called to call me on Thanksgiving Day, and so... Um, Anyway, she gave me permission, and I did the paperwork, and uh, and she asked me to send her the CD uh, when you know when it was uh, reproduced, and I did that. And uh, she called me 
when she got it. She said she couldn't wait to call me. It was 11 o'clock. She didn't want to call me too early. And she was just thrilled, and she said she had called Ann and played it for Ann over the telephone, and they were both excited. And so then I got Ann's uh, address, and I sent her a copy as well. Uh, but that was the start of uh, of a relationship uh, with Gloria Lynn, which I was honored. Um, I remember my mother had a uh, album at that time um, of Gloria Lynn, and that's where I mean I had Joey Joy. I used to sing that all around the house, you know. So I was a fan way back then. Couldn't always afford to buy music, but um, so it was just an honor to to do the song and certainly an honor for her to pick up the phone and call me. And so that's where it all began there. And then I, uh, the second CD I, uh, I recorded, which was also co-written um, with Gloria and Anne, um, Love is Blind. And then I recorded a couple of tunes that Gloria had already recorded as well, like Speaking of Happiness, I recorded that one uh, in addition to Love is Blind and all night long, and we would talk on the phone, um, you know, almost uh, a couple times a month, you know, just to check in, so I was uh, in touch with her, and uh, she came down here to Washington, D.C. twice, and I worked on the committee to help, you know, to bring her down and her musicians, so uh, it was just an honor to, to, and a privilege for me to be connected to her in that way. Well, you know, the, it's odd how things work out. Because when I was a little girl, my mother used to play I Wish You Love over and over and over. She told me her personal story about that. And who would think that I would ever meet Gloria Lynn? But I ended up meeting her in an interview. I interviewed mm-hmm. her. I went all the way out to Queens to, to interview her. And, and that night, after the show, it turns out that we both lived in Riverdale, and she said, I'll give you a lift home, but we have to stop at Showman's, which is a club in uh, Harlem. And she went there to sing someone happy birthday. So it, it turned out to be quite an interesting evening, and, and we continued to stay in touch from there. And that's how I met her. But I want to play the song that you, you sampled, uh, Love is Blind. So let me do that. Here we go. Love 
touching my heart emotionally finding a love inside of me bound with a force no other can see love is blind Finding a love inside of me Bound with a force No other can see Love is blind Singing, right, Sandra? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, you oh my God! I to the song. I'm sorry. I, you know, I hear yes. her and Gloria. When Gloria introduced, you know, these uh, songs to me, and gave me the the uh, the music, the two of us. I don't know who is happier, her or, or myself. What an incredible gift this this Sandra Johnson has. God bless her. She is amazing, and she really brought us great joy. What a treat. Just have to I'm, glad, say it. I'm sure you're glad to hear that, Sandra. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh. 
now is John John DiMartino has he returned? Because I see I, he's you know, here, it sounds but like I, there's nothing on the other end. I don't know if he lost the connection. Perhaps I don't know. No, because he's still connected. I see, but I don't know if he walked away or what happened here. But what, since he isn't talking for himself, what can any one of you tell me about John? Well, uh, I can tell you that, you know, he did the uh, the last album. Jimmy was saying the last, I just wanted to tell you, that was the last, last song, I Shall Live, was the last song that Jimmy did with Gloria. But actually the last album that Gloria did was From My Heart to Yours. And, of course, John DiMartino was on that album, and John DiMartino was part of her, her trio. So he had a chance to work very closely with Gloria, and he did an incredible job on that album, From My Heart to Yours. And uh, he's an amazing musician, and uh, Gloria was very happy with what was happening with her trio. They were all wonderful. And she was she was just, again, moving forward and uh, finding new ways of reinventing and recreating her her style and her music, it's, she never stopped. She just continued moving forward and just, you know, worked from her heart. And, and these musicians, they, they truly respected her and they loved working with her. And John is no exception. Incredible job, yeah. Ed. You have, uh, if you listen to the album... You'll you'll understand. It, it was just a perfect fit. Well, I'm going to end the show with his his his, his song. But before that happens, uh, talk to me about. As I said, that Gloria Lynn had gone out to California and at one time was uh, disappointed in in the business and was uh, working as a secretary. But while she was out there, yeah. she came up with a concept of a television show. Uh, that she was later putting together called uh, uh, Bus Buddies. Can you tell me about that? Yes. She actually she, she wanted that to be a Broadway play, a, a Broadway musical and comedy. Gloria was so talented in so many areas, and uh, she turned lemons into lemonade. That was her style. So while she was going through this, uh, experience working in the bank and she would take the bus every day she started meeting people and they started to get familiar with her because it was it was great it was really great and she loved it she really loved it she had fun with it and it was it was wonderful well to be able to get a chance to to really see it you know uh, materialize well let's talk about her son uh, do 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 you and, and that know I don't know if Nat knows him, but uh, Nat, do you not know PJ? Really. We met, but not really. We met a couple of times. But PJ was a, a musician in his own right, but, but he seemed like he put a lot of his time and effort into his mother's career. What, what can you tell me about PJ? I could tell you that PJ was brilliant and that PJ had ears like his mother. When they got together and they talked about, uh, for instance, The Secret of Life, which John DiMartino uh, did the uh, arrangement on that. It was a James Taylor tune, and he helped select that tune for his mother because he heard her doing it as only she could. 
and PJ was brilliant. He was very creative, and when that that was like having two Gloria Lynns because he had that kind of uh, mentality. He can hear music the way she did, and when they spoke, it's like they spoke the same language. That was really amazing to to uh, to see. Really well, something. do you mind? Uh, do you mind sharing that dream that you had with, with Not the at audience? All. Not at all. Um, when Gloria had passed, naturally, uh, you know, it was heartbreaking. I've been with Gloria close to thirty years, and um, PJ was devastated as we all were. And uh, the night before her her funeral, I had a dream, and she came to me, and it was. So real. I felt like I didn't know if I was dreaming or it was actually a visit. And she said to me, she says, tell PJ to tie up loose ends on the 29th. He'll know what it means. Just say, tell him. It's important. Tell him. So, I, you know, I woke up and I, I had this incredible experience. And uh, we were going to the funeral, we were in the funeral car, and I said, I don't want to upset him because he was really, you know. But if I didn't tell him and it meant something, I would have been feeling guilty. So I said, PJ, I have to tell you that I had a dream last night, and your mother came to me and she told me to tell you about the 29th to tie up loose ends. I said, I don't know what that means. It's not for me, it's for you. Does that ring a bell or does that tell you something? He says, no. He said, I can't, I can't imagine. I said, well, maybe it'll come later, you know. I don't know what it means. I said, but maybe it'll make itself clear. And so, you know, then, of course, uh, one year after Gloria passed, her son got sick suddenly and passed away. And the day that he died was October 29th. I think it was November 29th. No, it was October. It was 14 days, I think, after Gloria had died one year and 14 days after Gloria on the 29th. Which I find that me, amazing. Yes, it really is. I mean, it's. I guess that's what she was trying to tell him, to get your house in order. So that Indeed. Well, well, is there anything else I haven't asked everyone that's still here uh, that they would like to say? Uh, what What are you doing, Nat? Are you are Are you? I, am, I know I you're am teaching. Here. I am almost where I'm going. I stayed with you for the hour. I have enjoyed this hour. Thank you, guys, so much. Thank you for doing this, and uh, and thank you so much for for calling me to be a part of it. I really well, appreciate it. I, I have enjoyed you, That was my favorite drive. I drive to Maryland back and forth every week. That was my favorite drive home from Maryland. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. Love you, but fill us in before you go about what you're presently doing. Is there anything we should go to see? Or I know you're teaching You're teaching right now. Right, down in Maryland. But I play around. Let me see. What am I doing? I'm doing, doing a jazz club in Trenton. I mean, I'm going to L.A. this weekend and... And so what am I doing around here? I just did the uh, jazz club, uh, the, the uh, Shanghai Jazz in Madison, New Jersey, my favorite mm. jazz club here in Jersey. Okay. Uh, so I'm working my trio around, trio or quartet. You know, I do uh, the clubs and stuff around here. I happen to be going out west 
uh, to do some do some clubs uh, out there. I do a lot in California uh, also, uh, Northern California and in the L.A. area. So I'm just headed out there this weekend. But uh, I guess that's all I can say. Keep a keep a lookout. I mean, I do uh, you know work around here. I, I meant to mention before I I stole uh, I, I stole our arrangement of of Don't Explain. I've been I've, I've I've been doing it with my daughter. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, uh, well, so, uh, we well just, also, so I want to just tell you, to... I'm going to let you What's go, that? but I want to tell you there's a guy out there that sounds exactly like uh, Luther Vandross. Uh, his name is Terry Steele. He is a Terry. Yeah, he's oh, like a... Terry, well, Terry is one of the writers. I mean, he's, um, well, he... he wrote one of the songs. He wrote Here and Now. Uh, yes, a Grammy Award winner. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote that song uh, with 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 uh, with Dionne Warwick's son. Uh, um, uh, well, I can't think of his name now. Sorry, but uh, but yeah, and I know they just did a show. Oh, I never heard he sounded just like Luther, but I know they just oh, did yes, a show out there uh, in, in uh, remembering Luther uh, in Pasadena. Uh, I don't know how it went. I just heard about it a couple of days before it went on. Um, oh, okay. So, so anyway. But, well, look him up but, if uh, you ever want somebody yeah. who sounds like Luther to sing on one of his things. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Been there, yeah. I'm just so off. I'm I'm totally into the jazz now. I I, uh, I have left it, and I I would say uh, Gloria has <laughs> a had something to do with that. That was before I made the crossover. Well, really, I did the crossover after Luther passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I became really more of a jazz cat. Thank and, you. Uh, Thank glad you. You did. <laughs> yeah. Can so, we, so, can so, we... so yeah, but but I think of Gloria all the time, and like I say, uh, in that record, I had a, you know, it was a big influence on me, and. and and uh, so I just really appreciate it. I feel just amazed that she called and that Joe Fields uh, put us together. Uh, I'm not sure how that happened, but uh, but yeah, I'm almost where I'm going. That worked out perfectly. I was able to it stay did. for the hour. I appreciate and, that that you hung in and, there. And uh, I hung in there. So I just uh, thank you very much. I know we'll uh, I know we'll be talking soon. Oh yeah. Where can we, oh yeah. Yeah, where can we find you? We love you. We want to know where can we find when you're appearing. That's so important. Um gosh, I'm not looking like I say I'm driving. Oh, I, I'm trying to think uh, cuz I'm going to Florida I'm in Florida in Daytona there's a jazz festival down there that I'm doing next week in uh Daytona Beach. That's where I'll be next weekend. Mm. Uh, after coming back from after coming back from uh from California, actually, I believe my next thing around here is in Trenton. The, the the club down there, I cannot tell you the name of it. I haven't played it before, but but everybody goes down. It's supposed to be a wonderful spot in Trenton, and I believe that's oh goodness, I can't tell you. I'm on a radio show. I should be able to. I should be telling you where it is. Uh, I can't tell you. Sometime in November, I think oh, the nineteenth. I'm sure it'll be advertised. We'll look for it because yeah. we can't yeah. get Otherwise, enough. I play all around here all the time, the festivals and stuff. I do smoke on occasion. I do, uh, you know, I do mm. the New York clubs with other artists, too, like Don Byron and and the people like that. I've done a, you know, so I'm around. I'm around. Please do uh, come in. You guys come and show up and 
and and let me know you're there. Call me before you have my phone number, and uh, we'll do. And please, I love to get together, but but I know we'll be talking before that. Thank you uh, so much, and we wish yeah, you the best. Right. Oh yeah, and I'm gonna look for your email so I can send you a copy of the show. Please, great, great. Love to hear. Thank you, Thank you so much for appearing. And actually, we're we're now reaching the the end of our show. Unless there's something else anybody wants to add to the conversation. I would like to Sandra to mention what her plans are because this is an immense talent that uh, I I know that she's going to continue uh, doing some great work. So I'd like for her to share what her plans are for the future. Okay. Um, I don't do. have a, C, a CD in, I mean, I have one in mind. Uh, I just ha- I have two actually in mind. One, uh, well, what I do is um, uh, I'm retired, and I uh, go around to various senior, senior centers and nursing homes and sing for the seniors' music of their day, which is also my day. <laughs> music of the 50s and 60s, uh, R&B mostly, and Motown. And so every mm-hmm. time I go, they always want to know, uh, you know, do I have a CD? And that they want to hear that oldies music. So I, you know, have that in my head. And, and another CD that I'm, I'm kind of praying about. Um, but I, and I just do a little performing around D.C., uh, not a whole lot. Um, but just enough to keep my toe in the water and and uh, keep me busy and you know I enjoy uh, what I'm doing and especially I enjoy uh, what I'm doing with the seniors. Well, do you think that that's another question that I, I went to this uh, hotel to see this group and the people were just so happy because you know they say they miss the music that you know. We like rap, but we'd like to hear other things, the oldies and goodies and the R&B. Do, do the people show you that, that they 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 are starving for that kind of music? Yes. Uh, when I first started doing the senior centers, I did mostly jazz and blues, and then occasionally I might add a doo-wop tune or something like that. And I noticed the response from the, the people in the audience when I did a doo-wop. So I started adding more you know, and the oldies things, and they just love it. They love it. And uh, what I've been doing is I, I wrote a grant. I write a grant every year to uh, fund oh. that. Uh, yeah. And uh, so I have uh, five musicians and, and myself, plus myself, and um, we just go around maybe two. We do two centers perhaps a month, and uh, they look forward to our coming uh been doing it now for about six years and uh, I enjoy it they enjoy it and they sing along I have them singing we dance and it's an hour and a half performance and uh, we just have a really great time together yeah so yeah they are and and you know the studies that I've read um, you know talk about even people people with Alzheimer's you know while they may not even be able to talk, but they still have musical memory. And it yes, I've read back. about people actually healing with music and music therapy that really right. has been phenomenal in healing people. Uh, yes. 
and I, and I think you know part of what I do is is music therapy. Um, and then the people in the nursing homes, I have little plastic instruments for them to play along, you know, you know, because they can't get up and dance, but they can do something. But then there are people in that nursing home who can sing, and uh, I put the mic to them, and they sing, and it's really it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get a lot of pleasure. Well, it sounds like you're doing good works, and uh, I want to thank uh, the remaining people that are still here. Uh, I think it's uh, Anne and yourself and, and maybe Nat. I know Jimmy told me from the start that he would have to go, but he did hang in there. For, for at least uh, 45 minutes of the show. I can't ask for better than that. So I, I thank each and every one of you for coming on the show. And, and uh, um, so thank you, Anne. Thank you, Sandra. And thank you, Nick. And thank you. for Thank you all. And thank you for inviting me to be a part of this. I, again, feel very honored um, that I'm, I was a part of this group. So thank you so much. It, and I thank you, too. Pleasure. Thank you so much for giving us all an opportunity to share our memories with about Gloria and to honor her. And I thank you for what you did for Gloria because you've helped Gloria along the way, too. And I know that she respected and honored your work, as we all do. And I want to thank you again. And I also thank my audience for making my topic topically yours. And we're going to end the show with Secret of Life. And that's something that John DiMartino worked on. Is that correct? Yes, that's From My Heart to Yours, the last album that she made. And that's an incredible cut. So thank you for playing it, Deirdre. Here we go. Secret of life is enjoying the passage of time. Any fool can do it. There ain't nothing to it. Nobody knows how we got to the top of the hill. Since we're on our way down. Might as well enjoy the ride The secret of love is opening up your heart Okay to be afraid Don't let it stand in your way Anyone knows love is the only road Since we're only here for a while Might as well show some style Give us a smile Isn't it a lovely ride When you're sliding down Gliding down Try not to try too hard It's a lovely ride
thing about time is time isn't really real. It's just your point of view. How does it feel for you? Einstein said he could never understand it all. Planet spinning through space Smile on your face Welcome to the human race Isn't it a lovely ride? Oh, when you're sliding down Sliding down Try not to try too hard It's a lovely ride Network Rainbow Soul. 